The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother, Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news, the kingdom of heaven has come near. The Gospel of the Lord. In today's first reading, we begin the story of Joseph. At least we get parts of it, and we will continue reading that story right through until Saturday morning. So just give you a refresher. Joseph was 17 years old when he was sold into slavery by his brothers who were jealous because his father favored him. Jacob gave his son Joseph a many-colored coat, and then on top of that, Joseph had dreams, and the dreams indicated that he was going to be favored over his brothers, even his father. This caused great jealousy, and when they had the opportunity, the brothers seized Joseph and threw him into a pit for three days and then sold him into slavery in Egypt. Now what's wonderful about this story is how Joseph reacted to all of this. He maintained his faith in God even despite all the treachery and the suffering he was going to endure. And as a result, God showed his favor upon Joseph and all that Joseph came in contact with. So when he was brought to the house of Potiphar, who was a servant of Pharaoh, Potiphar's house experienced great benefit because God was with Joseph and Potiphar soon put Joseph in charge of his whole household. And things went very well. But then, of course, his wife accused Joseph of sexual impropriety, and Potiphar threw him into prison. He probably could have executed him, but he thought this may not be true, so he put him in prison, and then Joseph flourished there and became head of the whole prison. And while in prison, again, because Joseph maintained his holiness, God showed favor, and when two servants of Pharaoh were there in prison, the butler and the baker, they had dreams, and Joseph was able to interpret the dreams accurately. When the butler was returned to good graces with Pharaoh, he remembered that Joseph had this gift, and when Pharaoh began having dreams that terrified him, the butler said, I remember a man in prison. So Joseph was quickly taken out, brought before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh had a very important dream, and it had to do with the future. It was obscure, but Joseph gave the interpretation. So there were seven fat, sleek cows, but there were also seven gaunt, starving cows. The starving cows ate the sleek cows, and Joseph was able to interpret the dream as saying, for the next seven years, you will experience plenty in the harvest, but then there will be followed by seven years of severe famine. Since God has revealed this to you, let me suggest what you should do. And then Joseph gave 
practical advice that for the next seven years, a portion of the harvest be set aside each year so that a great storehouse was able to help Egypt through the next seven years of famine. And Pharaoh saw that God had favored Joseph, so he put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt. Joseph was the governor. That's the context of this first reading because now the famine has started, but Egypt has stored up grain. So all the peoples came to Egypt to survive and to buy grain, and Joseph was in charge of all of that. This is where even Canaan suffered famine, and so Jacob sent his ten sons to Egypt to get food so they wouldn't starve to death. And then this is where the first reading begins. So I'll quote, When all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph. What he says to you, do. Now that has similar implications to later what will happen with Mary at the wedding feast at Cana, where she intervenes with the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. And that's what's happening here with Joseph. It's a reminder of what holiness does. Holiness gives a certain authority and God's favor. Well, Joseph's brothers then come to the land of Egypt, and it says they bowed themselves before Joseph with their faces to the ground. That's the fulfillment of the original dreams that Joseph had when he said that he would be favored. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke harshly to them, and he put them all together in prison for three days. Now, why is Joseph doing that? He wants to prompt their memory of what they did to him, because they put him in the cistern for three days. Now, he's going to put them in prison. Hopefully, they will remember their transgressions, because Joseph's whole plan here is to reunite this broken family, because that's what God's will is. And this family, these 12 sons, will be the 12 patriarchs of Israel. A crucial time here. It says, on the third day, Joseph said to them, do this and you will live, for I fear God. And then he puts them to the test, and he says, go back and bring the youngest son, Benjamin. Now he's testing them to see if they will return to their treachery and turn on each other because of this severe test. They don't, which means they've learned. But they recognize their own guilt. It says, alas, we are paying the penalty for what we have done to our brother when we saw his anguish, and he pleaded with us, but we would not listen. Notice what guilt does. Well, this was many, many years ago when they betrayed their brother. But now that they're in this stressful situation, the first thing that comes to mind is, ah, we're being repaid for our transgression. So guilt has carried them all these years, which means unconfessed sin plagues us. But if we confess our sins, God forgives and washes away these sins, and we don't have to feel guilty, but they certainly did. And as we read the story for the next few days, we'll see how it all turns out. God is working through all of this, but it took a holy person like Joseph to trust God, even in the midst of this time of suffering and treachery, and to remain holy, trust that God would work through him, and God does. As a result of Joseph, the whole land of Egypt and Canaan is saved, the family is reunited, and as Romans chapter 8, 28 states, all things work for good for those who trust God. 
live according to his purpose. That's Joseph. It's an important reminder for us today as we go through our own times of testing and suffering, always put our hope in the Lord. In today's gospel, we see why holiness is so important because in yesterday's gospel, Jesus lamented that the harvest was plentiful, but the laborers were few. In response, Jesus now sends out the 12 into the harvest. But these 12 have spent time with Jesus, which means they've grown in holiness, and they're going to be the first bishops of the church. And they're named, we know they're just common people with common backgrounds, like us. But as a result of their being with Jesus, they turn the world upside down. So let us thank God that he works through us, calling us to remain faithful, grow in holiness, and see how God works. Let us pray.